followed the, the prayers and the hymns, I think one main theme, one main idea that has been stressed a lot on during the prayers, and if you read the church fathers who meditate on the, the event of the nativity, I think you can find repeatedly how they are trying to present the mystery of the Incarnation. How the Incarnation is, is a mystery. And it's a mystery because how can God, the Creator, can become a man, a creation? For example, I'm going to give three quick examples from the prayers we are, and the hymns we have just heard. In the, for those who came early, and I wish that you come early. For those who came early, the, the morning raising of incense, the gospel uh, of the morning raising of incense after the gospel, the response of after the gospel, it says, today the, the virgin, no, the one without flesh became flesh, and the Logos became incarnate. The one without flesh became flesh. God became flesh, became man. And the Logos, the Word of God, became incarnate. The one without beginning was born. The one without beginning, God the Eternal, was born in time. He has a beginning in time according to his nativity, according to his incarnation. The one without beginning was born. The one outside the, of time became subject to time. It's astonishing. The church is trying to express such astonishment. The same, along the same lines, the two hymns we had, the two nice hymns we have just heard before the, the gospel reading, Eparsenus and Pijamiti. Today the virgin gives birth to the supreme essence. Today the virgin gives birth to the supreme essence. And the earth offers the manger to the unapproachable. The one who is beyond our reach came and was born in a manger. And the earth offers the manger to the, the unapproachable. The angels with the shepherds glorify. And the wise men with the star journey. For to us is born a new child, God, before the ages. And I, I want you to remember and I want to underline the, the, and emphasize for us, or to us, is born a new child. To us, for to us, is born a new child, God before the ages. And then the other hymn, Pigeon Nisi, the virginal birth and spiritual pangs, a paradoxical. It's a paradox. It's something that, again, we cannot fathom. How can God, the, creation, the Creator, become man? become flesh, become a creation. A paradoxical wonder, according to the prophetic voices. So again, this idea that God became man. And if we really believe in that, I think we, we are here in the church, we are Christians, we believe in Christ, and we believe that He became incarnate. 
to really believe in that, then we believe that He really accepted to be united to us, to our nature. And what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't want to get into apologetical debates or, or discussion of why God became incarnate. This is not at all my, my point tonight. We know that he, he should have come to take our death and to create in us a new creation. We know that. The reason why and how, I'm not going to get into that. But if we believe in this, then we should believe that He came to make a change in our lives. We shouldn't just be satisfied with believing that, yeah, He came 2,000 years ago. We believe in that. This happened. But this is nothing. This belief is nothing. As the Bible is saying, it's futile. Futile means it's nothing. It, it doesn't have any effect. If we don't believe that this incident, what Jesus did for us, what God did for us, can make a change in our lives. This is, we wish, we pray, that we try to get deeper and closer to this mystery. He can make a change in us. And I think that's, that's why when we read the, 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 the same, the same uh, story, the same narrative of the incarnation in the Gospel of St. Luke, today we, we have, we've read from the Gospel of St. Matthew, but if you read this, this from the Gospel of St. Luke, it says that when the, the, the angel went to give this good news, these good tidings to the shepherds, a multitude of the heavenly host was seen chanting and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. I think if the, the, the heaven, the heaven, while the angel is delivering the message to the shepherds, are saying this, this means something. This should trigger something in us. This should have an effect on our lives. So what is that? What that effect? Why would the, 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 the heaven be singing and saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest because even though he seemed very humble as a little baby who needs nurture, who needs someone to take care of him. But he is still the God who, who is filling the heaven with, with his glory. So glory to God in the highest. And this God who is very high, who is almighty, who is transcendent, he came to our world. He came for us and to us to make a change in our lives. To restore the peace. Remember, when Adam and Eve fell in sin and disobedience, they needed to hide. They couldn't face God. They lost their peace with God. Think of if God didn't call Adam and ask him, did you eat from the tree? 
Adam would have been hiding until today. He would have been not able to face God and meet with him. But now God needed just call him, talk to him, send him a prophet. But God came and get united with his humanity, with his nature, to change it, to transform it. I think this is what the message of glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I don't want to get into interpretations of what does it mean goodwill. But most probably, it means that the goodwill is the good pleasure of God towards his humans, his creation, his people, that they would have peace. This is what's meant by goodwill towards men. Goodwill, it's good pleasure. God's good pleasure is that we have His peace. We become again reconciled with Him. We all experience what does it mean not to be in reconciliation with God. We know it. When we commit sin, when we do something wrong, when we feel we are not happy, when we, when we do something we don't want to know, want no one know about, we all do that. We all do things we cannot face anyone with. I always say, think of tomorrow we're going to have a breaking news saying that the, they found a device. You can direct it to someone and you can read what's in his mind or her mind. That would be, I mean, scandalous. Because there is a lot of things that we, can, we, we cannot reveal to anyone. So, because we know that when we, we don't have peace with God, God came to restore that peace. And he says, if, you, if even your sins are, are so bad, are so prevalent, are, are defeating you. But I can make a change in your lives. Just commit your life to me. Give your life to me. Because I am the one who gave you this life. I think this is the real belief, the good belief. I think, what do you think that God would be pleased if we, we believe this, we believe you are Christian, and we believe that you came. We know that you did that. And that's it. And that's it. I think this would be a dead belief, a dead faith. But a, a faith that is really living faith would be a faith that can make a change in our lives. We shouldn't come to church and go out the same people. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. If we really are here in the church... We are here because we are coming to take power from Him. And yes, He took our corrupt nature. He took our fallenness. He took our sins. He took our bad habits and He can make a change. It's enough the time we wasted away from Him. It's time to stay away from Him without peace. Feeling that we are even rejected by God. I've seen many people, old, people who are old, and people who are very young. They don't accept themselves. 
they don't feel they are accepted by the people around them. We are hurt. I have seen many people who are very hurt from people around them. And they, throughout the, the years and the time, they developed a feeling that they are rejected. But today, the nativity of Christ means that we are no longer rejected. We are accepted. God became very close to us. How close? He became united with us. He accepted that we become a member of His body. Each and every one of us became a member by the baptism. And we abide in Him and He abides in us by eating and drinking His blood. By eating His body and drinking His blood. That's why peace on earth is a call for reconciliation. Is a call for repentance. A call that we can have our life changed. That we can have our life transformed. So if we want to give glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and if we want to enjoy His peace, I think we need to believe in His power, His transformation. And we pray for that. And not just today. I'm not saying just today. But it should be a beginning. And we renew our covenant with Him. That we ask Him to change our lives. We shouldn't again be coming to church for that many of years. And still saying, I don't know, I don't feel that, that I have a relationship with God. It's not a rela- just a relationship. He is united with us. You should believe in this. I think this is the best way to glorify Him. Yes, we say the praises. Yes, we say hymns. Yes, we, we participate in the prayers. That's all great. But, I think the, the, the thing we really need more is that we believe that He is truthful. He is true. And He can make our lives different than what we hate it to be. And, and he can make a transformation. So, this is, I think, the biggest thing, the biggest message that filled my mind in this, this, this feast. Number two, I think if we believed in that, we start to despise all the things of this world. Despising, I don't mean that we are not going to drive our new cars. We are not going to get better houses, that we can look for better jobs. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying that would be that God would be the center of our life. Our eternal life, the kingdom of God, would be what is the most important for, for, for us. And nothing would exceed this importance. Nothing. And literally nothing. God would be number one. And one way to say that really God is number one is to do His commandments. To believe that His commandments are the true thing, the only truth, the absolute truth. I think one of the very big challenges we are living in this world, in this age, is that we have everything is relative. The truth you believe in is different from mine. But we need to 
believe that the absolute truth is Christ. He is the truth. He didn't tell us the truth, but He is Himself the truth. And if He is the truth, everything He said is truthful. And we're going to abide to it. We are going to abide to it. Regardless of the cost. There is a cost of following God. But we are going to be willingly paying that cost. Because he accepted to be humble. To come to our world as a little baby. In, born in a manger. But because he appreciated us. He considered, considered us very valuable to him. To the point that he accepted to be incarnate. Accepted to be humiliated Accepted to be crucified To to redeem us And that's why we're going to follow him With all our hearts As we say in the, in the, the praises It shouldn't be words we sing with It should be life we live And the more we feel Incapable To live the life As he asked us to live it the more we're going to pray and believe in the transformation He can make in our lives. Prayer, prayers are, are real, are power. And if God came and became incarnate and gets united to our humanity, He can change it. He can make it better. That's His promise. He said, I, I came for them for their lives to be better. We, we are celebrating the nativity of Christ and the incarnation. Because we are celebrating the power he, he is granting us. If we believed in Him. That He can make a change in our life. We, we need to believe in that. We need to ask for that. We need to strive for that. We... In, we ask God then that He would give us this experience, all of us in this night, and that we don't just come to church without having that belief and that experience. And glory be to God forever.